Welcome back to the Montgomery Company's podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery. Today I'm with comedic host, motivational speaker, content creator, Trip Crosby. Man, this guy, uh, you just you just start talking to him and, and you, you smile and you laugh. Has uh, mastered the art of um, connection, super effective communicator. Uh, has created content that's been seen um, like literally around the world. Uh, has content, you can go find it on YouTube or just Google the name Trip Crosby and you're going to bump into videos that have been seen by millions of people and we don't know the real number, but tens of millions. And uh, Trip has done work in the church, in the marketplace, uh, been on stages in front of 15,000 people at a time. We're going to talk about some of those stories. Um, if you're someone who wants to grow as a communicator, as a connector, uh, you want to expand your influence, your leadership. Maybe you're somebody who's like, hey, I'm trying to, trying to figure out how to create content or grow a social media presence. Like, if you fit into any one of those buckets or categories, you're, you're just going to love this conversation with Trip Crosby today. Family man, strong in his faith, dynamic person, Trip Crosby, welcome to the podcast. So now I have to live up to that? <laughs> well, it sounded good. That was... It's all true. It is all true. quite the setup. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It, Thank it was, you, man. It was mostly true. And it, it, now it I true. have a few minutes to deliver on those expectations. Thank you. Yeah. Well, dude, we're, we're honored that you're with us. So shout out Brad Lominick. I feel like I've been shouting out Brad a lot. Our, our, our yeah, listeners are going to be like... He deserves it. He is, he is the yeah. best connector like ever, I think. Yeah. He's just yeah. incredible. So humble, gracious, like, man, love, love that guy. All right. So here's where I want to start. Um, you've been doing all kinds of things. It's kind of hard to define like what you do because you do so many things. Yeah. That's, know, that's my own branding problem. Well, no, I mean, I, I look, you're just a talented guy doing, wearing a lot of different hats. Mm. Um, You've mentioned to me recently that coaching and speaking has has really started to become a focus mm -hmm. and that part of your work has evolved. Mm -hmm. I think the underpinnings of everything that you do though is connection and communication. And that's where I'd like to yeah. start. To me, your supernatural, you know, God-given giftedness is in connection, communication. Mm -hmm. um, that's what Trip Crosby does uniquely better than almost everybody else on the planet. So if you're talking to someone who wants to become a more effective communicator, connector, and they're like, hey, Trip, could, could you give me some of the goods? Like, what are, what are one or two things that I need to be thinking about when I'm in front of a group of people, um, communicating, connecting? Like, what do you think about? Like, coach me up. Um, what, are, what are a couple principles that you would give to people who are asking those types of questions? Well, these are principles that I would preface with take them with a grain of salt because the older I get, the more I realize there are no rules, right? Like part of becoming more connected with people and yourself and your industry or whatever is just becoming more comfortable with the gray, right? And knowing yourself. So part of it is, is self-awareness. Part of learning how to connect better with people is being more connected with yourself first. So when I coach creatives, the first thing that we do that we work on is facing our own pain. So I push really hard for people to figure out what it would look like to be more honest with themselves about where they are 
how they got there and why. Because I believe that if you, it, I, I think you can build an entire career on, uh, on a bad foundation. In other words, if, if what you need is a pat on the back because you never had a dad that gave you one, you'll, you'll pursue an entire venture to get that pat on the back, right? You will. Mm-hmm. And then you might get it and it won't be enough or you never will and you'll never, you'll never feel like enough. So I think the more we go to those dark places, boy, we're starting off on a very downer <laughs> note. I'm sorry. Let's go. But this is what I think is so important <clears throat> as people that want to grow as leaders and communicators, especially in the creative world. Self-awareness is, is key. You got to know and be comfortable with. You've got to accept all the, the sucky things about yourself and your life and your world and your history that you can't control and embrace those things and, and not be trying to run from them or hide from them because they will, they will creep out. Mm. They, they will, they will, you won't be able to build the right foundation. You won't know your real why. And when you don't know your why, then you don't know like your what or your how, you know? Uh, so that, that'd be one thing. So good. Self-awareness is the beginning of growth and development, you know, and, yep. and you're right. Pat Lanchoni said that the other day in our, in our conversation, he said, the world's not a better place when people don't know why they're leading or why they're doing. That's right. And part of that is facing your pain. Yeah. If I could, uh, I, I, I believe in an idea that I'm, I'm calling trickle down mental health. And what I, what I really wish, and, and actually my wife and I have been saving up for years in case we ever have the opportunity to start a nonprofit around this very thing. I wish that more, like more influential leaders, even like in the, in the middle, like middle managers, um, CEOs of small and medium-sized companies. I'm not, I'm not only talking about these big people and big platforms, but like leaders everyday leaders, I wish they understood the value of mental health more. Like so many programs are built around dealing with people's extreme mental crises and, and disorders and things like that. But the reality is I've been around so many people with influence that seem to be so not self-aware. They seem to be mm-hmm. toxic and egocentric. And that stuff trickles down. Like, I think if we really want the, the every, everyday person to be mentally healthy, then we need our leaders to be mentally healthy first. Our dads, our bosses, our managers, the and people who are out there inspiring other people from stage. It's so, anyway, I'm, I'm about to get on a soapbox. I'll stop. No, it's great, man. Wouldn't you also say this? I think um, oftentimes the folks who are struggling with self-awareness mm-hmm. think they have a high level of self-awareness, which is that's right. What, no one, fact, no one thinks they're not self-aware. There's not a single person who's like, you know, I'm not very self-aware because you can't know that. That's right. Right. That's right. You that's can't. totally like, yeah. you're not the right person to ask if you're so like, don't that you, you have to be willing to ask other people. And that's mm. scary. Mm. So true. So, so it's kind of like annoying people don't know that they're annoying, which is what makes right. them annoying. That's right? right. I mean, that's how that kind of works. So, it's, it's okay, exactly let's, how it works. let's, let's, okay. So, so self-awareness, dig in. Um, by the way, you've got some mentorship programs. We're going to talk about that here in a little yeah. bit. So there's ways to get engaged with 
trip if you want to know more from a coaching mentorship yeah, so self-awareness and then um i think that the, the 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 most lost skill right now in our culture is the skill of listening and i know this to be true this is something i've surveyed people in social media i've surveyed rooms that i'm speaking to and and there's a funny thing that i find most people think they're better listeners than they are. For instance, I did this Instagram survey one time and I, you know how you can, in your story, you have that sliding scale that you can have people move. And I, I had people slide it to how good of a listener they think they are, right? One side is not a good listener. The other side's a very good listener. And of course they didn't know the following, the next story post coming up. And the next one was how good of a listener is your spouse? And then how good of a listener is your boss? And as I suspected, everyone thought they were a better listener than everyone else. And the funny thing about that, of course, is that everyone is everyone else. Right? So I think when it comes to being a good communicator, whether you're a marketer or a speaker or a comedian, the best thing that you can invest your time into is knowing and understanding your audience. And that requires the ability to listen and the and this the ability to listen requires the ability to be genuinely curious it mm. means being able to talk to someone and actually listen to what they're saying hear what they're saying and instead of thinking about what you want to say next the whole time only be thinking about questions that you could ask to dig further mm. i mean and and, and mm. we all suck at this right Mm. Um, it, it's so hard, especially for leaders, especially for leaders who are always trying to get the ball rolling and like, you know, accomplish things. We, we're so self-obsessed. We like, we we're thinking about what we want to say and how we want to insert ourselves into conversations way more than we're thinking about how to dig deeper into someone else's perspective. This is why we have such a divided political culture. This is why Mm. Um, this is why inside of the, the, the Christian faith, there's so many different denominations who are doubling down every day that they have the, the, the ideas, right? Because I think instead we're genuinely not curious, like we're, mm. we're so scared of being wrong that we'd rather protect and our own ideas and perspectives and look for ways to find validation for those than open <clears throat> ourselves up to finding out that someone else's perspective might actually be more valuable or correct than our own and it all connects powerful i, I teach curiosity and self-awareness yeah. more than anything else so what do you think is like the you know one or two tips obviously we could jam on this for you know another hour just this one topic but yeah practical tip for someone listening because they're thinking okay got to be more curious love what love what trip sharing mm. um obviously you're really good at this and you've studied this and you've worked at mm. this and spent time in in this space so like you know maybe i'm 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 coaching with trip and he's again he's coaching me up on yeah how to be more curious in conversations and now we're talking practical application what are maybe a couple a couple tips on how to show up okay and, and be I've more got curious two, i've got one practical tip for each of those <laughs> principles um if you want to learn to be more curious there's a very easy thing that you can do when you find yourself in a conversation any kind of conversation in a meeting uh at lunch at home with your spouse practice always asking two follow-up questions before 
you share your own thoughts or opinions or stories. Okay. So when someone says, Hey, I, um, I finally watched game of Thrones. Like I've people been talking about years. I finally watched it and man, it was, it was better than I thought instead of the response, which would, would feel very normal instead of saying, Oh, really? man, I saw it years ago and I loved it, right? Like that's very natural. No one would be like, what a jerk. But when you think about it, even in that little tiny situation, you're already inserting yourself instead of going, yeah, what did you like about it? Like which season was your favorite? Why didn't, why did it, why do you think it took you so long to watch, right? That's, it's easy. Two follow-up questions. That's the practice. And then for becoming more self-aware, the most, the most powerful yet introductory step that I have found that a person can take is the practice that Julia Cameron defines in her book, The Artist's Way, Morning Pages. This is a very, very simple thing that you can do. You, you simply take the first five minutes of your day, like literally the first five when you wake up or just maybe when you first sit down at work. And those of you who have kids and morning routines, like probably can't add anything there. But like when you get to work, just five minutes, take out a pen and a piece of paper or a blank document on your computer and just start typing all the stuff that's in your brain. All of it, Mm. especially the stuff that you want to avoid, the painful stuff, the things about people in your life that are annoying you the things that you're afraid of, the things that you regret, the thing you wish you hadn't said to your kid, that if you just write all that stuff down, like no rules, no grammar, word, no spelling, no one will ever see this. In fact, you should never even go look at it again. It's just a practice of getting all the stuff in your head that would otherwise, in the words of Tim Ferriss, ricochet around your subconscious like a bullet inside of your skull, because it will. This stuff, you don't know consciously, but but it's in there. And because you haven't just simply acknowledged it, you're, you will do things with your time to avoid having to, because your subconscious knows it there. Your conscious is like, stay so there, and sub, you know, don't come out. Yes. This is a very yep. practical step of becoming more self-aware. So good. Yeah. So good. First five minutes, <clears throat> typing stuff out, whatever's coming to you, especially the stuff that you want to avoid. Yep. I'm going to go back to the practicing the two follow-up questions. That is yep. so simple. And yeah. so good. That's yeah. like one of the best things somebody's shared on our podcast. And it's ultra, <laughs> it's ultra simple. And I'm, I'm not but exaggerating. It's so hard. So hard. It is hard. Yeah. It's hard. I would even go a step further with like sometimes, like my challenge, sometimes trip is like, like asking myself the question, should I respond at all? Like, am I even, you know, that question of like, <laughs> do you want me to respond or you just want me to listen? Right. Like, I think sometimes people are like, actually, I don't want you to respond. Like, they at don't. all. Just, you can you just must listen. be married. That's it. There you go. I learned that. I learned that in a marriage coaching class. That is a that is a true story trip. So clearly, yeah. I you know, I'm working on I have work to do. Because ultimately, dude, ultimately, what people want is not the exchange of information. They want connection. That's what it really all comes down to. When we are talking with people, when we are working with people, when we're living with people like we are searching for some sort of connection and this isn't this is not my opinion this is science like if you ever have a chance to read 
the book Hold Me Tight. Um, it goes very deep into the psychology of the, the framework that is called attachment theory. And this is a, this is a theory that, that kind of leads to a blueprint that lots of therapists use for couples therapy, but it actually goes back to studying kids early on in the 20th century who were separated from their parents because of war or whatever reason. Anyway, I won't get into the details. I'll just tell you, like, people want connection. They don't want your answers. Hey, they don't want your opinions. They want, they want your connection. People want to feel connected to each other, themselves, and their work. Their meaning, right? So you're we're we're stacking like wisdom bricks, and we're building a, a, a wisdom castle on this episode. <laughs> this is, come on, dude. You, you, you know what's funny about you, man, is like people would watch your YouTube videos and think, this guy's kind of this lighthearted, goofy dude. But yeah. beneath that, there's a, there's a real deep thinker, you know? Well, it's thank you. I, I'm actually, uh, I'm getting used to the fact that I'm, I'm typically a, a huge disappointment for people that, that have, that know me as a comedian and then spend time with me. Like, you know how many people have told me, you're not that funny. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like my friends are way funnier than me. My wife is way funnier than me. I'm not that funny, but I am, I am a, a, a an expert connector. So jokes yes. to me are just empathy plus. I've just learned how to sell a joke. I don't know how to come up with one. I, I've learned how to find out what makes people feel. I, I know what I, I've learned to be a student of what people's uh, pain points are and their hopes and dreams are and just how to connect with that. Right. That's all the joking. That's uh, it. That's, that's your gift. Stand-ups. Yeah. That's your gift, man. That's your gift. Okay, let's go there. Let's so go. I'm let's, sorry to be a disappointment on your podcast. I'll try to be funnier starting well, right now. I'm I'm still laughing for what it's worth. So okay. we're okay. we're we're having fun. This is good. We're stacking wisdom bricks and we're having fun. Um, I want to go to the creative side because yeah, you are it. one of the more creative people that you know I've I've talked to. You might be the most creative person we've ever had on this podcast. Um so creativity is a gift of yours. Um, what I know about you is experiment. Um, experimenting is has been mm -hmm. part of your DNA and trying yeah. things. You shared this hilarious story on H three H three Leadership Podcast with Brad Lominick about a time that you had this really great idea that maybe mm. didn't go off <laughs> like you had. So can you let's go there? I'd love for you to tell the story, and then I'm, I just want to yeah. dive into like what it means to experiment, fail, mm -hmm. take risks um, mm -hmm. in the spirit of creativity. Okay. Uh, well, the story is that uh, I used to to work as a, a as an MC, <clears throat> um, and I served on the the creative programming team for this event called Catalyst that happened. <clears throat> I don't know; it may still happen, but for years and years, we did three events a year in these big spaces for church leaders and nonprofit leaders, whatever. And it was my job, along with my comedy partner, Tyler, to entertain the crowd. So they called us hosts, but we weren't. There was always someone else that came out and said all the, the stuff that mattered. We were just thrown out on stage to make it fun for everyone else. And so uh, we tried a lot of things, man. We, we blew up trash cans full of ping pong balls. Uh, we, we told straight jokes. Uh, we played with dolls. Like We did a lot of things, but... There was this one thing that we did that just didn't go over the way that we thought it would. It was the year, whatever year it was that they redid 
We Are the World. So like, that's a big song from my generation. Yeah. Like when I was a yeah. kid, that was one of the first records I owned. And then they redid it for Haiti because the first one was done for Africa. They redid it for Haiti. This time it was Justin Bieber and a bunch of like new pop stars. And we thought, wouldn't it be fun to write a parody of this called We Aren't the World, which is this cliche inside of the church culture. You know, we aren't the, of the world. We, you know, what, what are, you know, the thing. And so like, that'd be if we aren't the world, we are the Christians. And we were laughing all the way through writing the lyrics. And it was mostly just a bunch of fun poking at, at Christian culture. And we, we, we built this big programming moment around it. Like we got a choir involved locally. We had the band. The problem is that because we, we were just the clowns that Brad Lama, that he would always call us the clowns. We didn't always get the same amount of rehearsal time as the band or the speakers. Right. So we didn't really rehearse this. Okay. (laughs) I mean, we did, but not very much. And then there were some technical problems too, when we actually walked out on stage to perform this song. And this is in an arena with 13,000 people. We're in the, the, in the round. And God, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm melting on the inside as I rehash this. Like I, I wasn't even there and I'm, God, I'm dying. I feel, I feel like I go was. out on stage and the music starts playing and you know, we, We've been on stage multiple times. We're, we're comfortable out there, but we've never sang or rapped, right? And and here's the real truth: I didn't really care what people thought of me as a rapper. I just wanted them to think I was a better rapper than Tyler, because we have this ongoing. We've done parody raps and YouTube videos, whatnot, and we had this ongoing debate about which one of us is a better rapper, and. And we, it's not just that we each think we're better. We, we actually think the other is terrible and that, and the other should have no, like should be spending no amount of energy justifying themselves as a rep. So anyway, we go on the stage, <laughs> ego on the line and something wasn't working right with the monitors. So first of all, we couldn't hear ourselves. We couldn't hear the choir. And when you're in a room that big, if you don't know this, cause you haven't been on stages or done music, um, what you hear here isn't what the, the people in the seats here, because the speakers are pointed away from you. So by the time you hear what they're hearing, it's, it's gone across the room and bounced back. It's out of time, out of sync, right? So now we're, whatever the choir is doing and the band is doing and we're doing is all out of sync. And I think it's time to start <laughs> rapping. Cause that was the other thing about the new version of the, we are the world song that, the real one is that yeah, there was a rap. There's a rap, right? Yeah. Anyway, at this point, <laughs> uh, I start realizing what's going on. I'm distracted. Now I can't even remember the words. And so I just stopped and we walked off stage in the middle of the song. And now, there's 13. The truth is, I don't think anyone 13. cared or even they maybe didn't even notice, but we walked off stage mortified. Like, like this is this is our all time low, even though it wasn't. It's really only our second all time low as uh, as stage performers. But that was it. That was the story. And there's and there's there's thirteen thousand. I mean, this is like an NBA arena. Yeah, this I mean, is an arena. Huge. Yeah. 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 And you're at the center, and and this just goes awful. And yeah. you walk, you just walk off. 
We just walk off in the middle of it. I don't know, man. I just, I, I, I empathize with that because I, I've been in so many of those awkward situations. It's never mm-hmm. been in an, that, that's, I think that's why I'm laughing is like, you know, as someone who speaks for a living too, I just, how many times I put my foot in my mouth or, you know, I just say something I shouldn't or I do something really awkward. Literally just did something last week that was weird and awkward. Happens more often than I probably even realize. Uh, but here's the point. This is the point. That's why I want to talk about this. Um, winners lose more than losers lose. Mm-hmm. You've won a lot. You're, you're out front. Um, you've lost a lot. I'm sure you've made a ton of mistakes. I think mm-hmm. being a creative, being a comedian, being someone who's creating moments for people, that's part of what you do is you create mm-hmm. moments. I think it involves it involves risk. And again, Absolutely. my guess is if I'm, if I'm coaching with you and mm-hmm. you're trying to kind of help somebody to be more authentically who they were created to be and mm-hmm. take more emotional risk and put themselves out there. And I mean, certainly you didn't just like get together with Tyler one day and think, you know, we're going to, we're going to do all this and it's going to go perfect and it's going to be great. And everybody's going to love it. Tens of millions of views. Like there had to be a lot of trial and error. Like what, what have you, what would you tell somebody who, is wanting to put themselves out there, take more emotional risk, mm. and is maybe just holding back because they're fearful of that type of failure, maybe not in front of 13,000, but in front of a few, and they just, they just can't, can't get out there to do it. Okay. Let me answer your question with another story. Okay. Love it. The way we got started on YouTube was by playing around as 20-something dummies who didn't have a lot going on. Tyler was a, a young life leader at the time. So we were just making funny skits on the weekends because I had a camera and a computer to edit. And this is what we did. And it was fun. And we just did whatever. And we were fortunate in that we started doing this with our friends right around the time YouTube started. So we were uploading videos to YouTube before most people knew what YouTube was. And, and against my will, by the way, like someone said, you should put your stuff on YouTube. And I was like, what? Why would we put our content on someone else's website? That makes no sense. Hmm. So, so we, we started uploading in 2006. We got very lucky. We had this massively viral video almost right away within the first two months. It was called Things You Can't Do When You're Not in a Pool. And this blew up. It was all over everything. I mean, I mean, like the day that it went viral, we were at a barbecue restaurant and I looked up and I saw Tyler on the TV in the corner of this restaurant because they were playing it on CNN. And like, I guess back in the day they had like wow. an internet correspondent. And then we started getting calls from all these production companies in LA and from Conan O'Brien producers and other late night shows and film companies. And it just like out of nowhere, we blew up. So we scraped together some money. We flew out to LA. We took a bunch of meetings with all these big producers. And look, we didn't get our own show in case you didn't notice. But at the time it was because, well, the main reason we didn't get anything out of that is because what we didn't know at the time, which I know now is if you ever get a meeting in LA, if you ever do something and the entertainment industry brings you in, you better have your next script in hand. You better know what your next project is. That's what they're, that's what they're looking for. Mm. So we were just young and dumb and we were like, oh, they're going to offer us a job. Just, no, no. They were like, hey, so what are you working on next? Because then they want to know if it's worth involving themselves, whatever. We did, it was still an amazing time. We learned a lot. And it was really fun. On the way home, this is where the story takes a turn. On the way home, we stopped at this restaurant 
at the Beverly Center. I believe it was a macaroni grill because the thing I remember about it is that the tablecloths you could write on. So we had crayons and we had these white tablecloths you could write on. And we were just killing time while we waited for our flight. And we started mapping out our plan from here. Okay, so um, now we've got all this momentum. What are we going to do? Um, who's what role are you going to play, Tim? Tyler, what are, like are you going to are you our main writer? Am I the director? Um, and and also like now that we're going to start kind of figuring out ways to make money, how are we going to split it up? What's our equity split? Um, and and these conversations very quickly got very awkward, mm. and all of a sudden there was some tension around like finding out what value we thought each person played compared to our own because we're talking equity and money. But nonetheless, we were trying to plan it all out. Mm. And the four of us never made another video again. Mm. That conversation killed Don't Be That Guy, which was the name of our little sketch troupe. We were one of the most mm. popular sketch comedy groups in America, there was there was some others at the time. One other was Rhett and Link, who blew up. Lonely Island, mm. where they got on SNL, they were starting. Yeah. And then and there were others, but we were we were right where you want to be mm. in sketch comedy, right? And we had no training. We were lucky too. We we didn't we didn't go to improv theater. We didn't even know what that was. We were just suburban kids having fun, right? We were right where you want to be. And then we sort of, this is the beginning of overthinking and over strategizing. And ultimately, I think what we were doing was tr we were avoiding risk. Hmm. The story that I wish I knew, that I wish I was here telling, is the story of four guys who went to Hollywood. Nothing really came of it, but they came home and they just kept creating. They just hmm. kept doing their thing. They kept getting their reps in as writers and, and shooters and editors and comedians. And they just kept doing their thing and honing in further from their voice and investing in their audience and experimenting with their craft. Mm. But we didn't. Instead, we wanted to get all of our ducks in a row and figure out how to go about it exactly the right way. And then that was the end. So, so the, the moral of the story is the answer to your question is, I think that the riskiest risk is always not taking any risk, right? But mm. when we as leaders, as entrepreneurs, even just as creatives, when we obsess over scaling, when we obsess over expanding our thing, we start to risk losing what we originally had that got us into our thing in the first place, which was our love mm. for the thing, our love for our craft our love for our service, our love for uh, whatever your thing is. Mm. And when we start losing our love and our dedication to our craft or our thing, we risk expanding. Mm. That's the catch 22. So that's why risk is important because I think that's why experimentation is important, right? Uh, of course, having a plan is a great thing. A business plan, a, a company strategy, 
a team, you know, processes. And these are all important things, but even those should be refined over time. Mm. That, that even even our our uh, anyway, I'm going to stop. I'm going to let you you ask questions. So, I just so so good. Well, for the record, I would say that is that is maybe the most powerful story. Certainly, one of the most powerful stories ever shared on our podcast. Was this and, like episode two? And, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like 70 something in like, you know, this has been some conversations, man. It was just that, yeah. that that was so, and I think everybody can relate, right? Like we all have a moment where we're like, I wish we just would have kept yeah. doing that thing. And we didn't yeah. make it so serious or try to figure it all out. And, you know, whether, you know, people say build the plane as you fly it or take messy action. I think, I think movement progress and continuing to be creative is, mm-hmm. is, um, is so important, but I think it's also, um, I think it's something we have to work at, you know, like what you just described, like, like, don't you think, Trip? There's people who like, and, and I know again, you're doing some coaching work. Mm-hmm. How because how, how do you coach somebody through that or to 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 not go down that path? Like, how do you how do you continue to coach someone to just hey, keep keep being well, creative in a world that tells us we need to strategize and plan and have a mm-hmm. plan and like help me with that dichotomy? Okay, so right now the the the, the clients that I'm coaching are all solopreneurs or small business entrepreneurs, and they're all in the creative space. That's, that's sort of my area. Um, And the thing that I find is the most challenging. And remember for myself, that requires the greatest risk is focus. It's, it's Mm. honing in on a niche and Mm. becoming an expert on, on solving a specific problem for a specific type of person. That is so hard for, for, people who are trying to find themselves creatively and become videographers full-time or filmmakers or designers, because the temptation is to be this jack of all trades. You don't want to leave any opportunity on the table. And so you maintain this like shallow level of um, services, right? But if you want to, the secret to making more money and growing a business in in the creative world is learning how to solve bigger problems for your customer. You can't do that unless you become an expert in niche. And it it's so hard. It that's the thing that feels so risky is like is picking a lane and actually going down it. That is so scary, especially for people who are wired like me. Now, some people are natural at that. Like they don't even understand the idea of like rethinking and backtracking and reinventing. Like that's like out like that's a totally different universe but for creatives it's very hard to pick a lane and go down it but the science Mm. would show people who do that actually end up more satisfied in the end there's a book that i love called four thousand weeks and the whole premise is around what they've what the results are of these studies done on people who spend a lot of time coming up with the like finding like the right plan for themselves versus people that just kind of go i'm just going to pick something like, and go with it and then learn from it and then decide if I want to pick something else. The people that are able to do that actually end up getting further and end up being more satisfied in their endeavor. It's crazy. It's, that, is it's so, that is so fascinating. Yeah. Right? The, the, the book, The One Thing, I don't know if you've ever I read that book. I have but I'll read it. Uh, so, so it's parallel to what you're talking about. And they mentioned the, this idea that, that the world is telling us to go big, right? Like go do more, go big. And yeah. they said that the path toward extraordinary results is actually going small. And it's like, 
you know, Steve Jobs, when he was rehired as the CEO of Apple in the late 90s, said, hey, we're only going to do 10 things. Like Apple was doing 360 mm. things, right? They had all these initiatives. Mm -hmm. And he said, we're going to get rid of all of those things and we're going to do 10. And as a result, you know, Apple becomes one of the top companies mm. in the world. So I, I so much agree it's with amazing. what you're saying, man. And, yeah. and the thing, the other thing that, that's so important to understand, I have to tell myself this all the time, just because you're focusing on something now doesn't mean it's the only thing you can ever do. Mm. Right? If you're, if you're a, a professional videographer um, and you decide like, okay, you decide because you should decide on a niche and you say your niche is I'm going to be the best at helping um, plumbing businesses generate more leads with video online. I'm going to be the best at that. Okay. That's a scary niche because you're like, wait, I'm a filmmaker. Like I want to be like making these creative... No, no. All you're doing is you're giving yourself the ability to hone in on something, get really good at it, make more money. And then when you get that working, you can expand, you know, mm. then, okay, broaden your niche, find another one. Also, you should be spending time every day on your passion work anyway. So like your niche doesn't define you. Actually, your work doesn't define you. That's the other problem. Mm. I work with these creatives who are like, they're so insecure about picking the right type of customer and the right type of creative work because their, their, their ego is like, if I'm just making corporate videos, I don't feel like a successful filmmaker. Like, well, okay. That's th th those, those two are totally different things. Like you, you're, you are not your job. Right. Hmm. So anyway, hmm. I'm getting off on so many tangents, man, this um, is the, well, bro. Hey, we're in a workshop. We just, this is the Trip yeah, Crosby. I'm this is a, it's a coaching I session, man. I got uh, three pages of notes. We're, we're jamming. This is so good. I wish we had, I wish we had more time. I could talk to you. This could be a three hour episode. Um, what is, what's next for Trip, man? You're working on all this stuff. I know yeah. coaching and speaking has become more of the focus. What's, what lies yeah. ahead for Trip? Um, I am, I am hell bent right now on helping as many creative entrepreneurs as I can. pursue their creative passions mm. by creating a more sustainable source of income for themselves mm. and enjoying the whole process along the way. That's, that's what I want to do. My program is called make more better. And um, right now I'm just on the hunt for like the right, the, the exactly the right coaching clients. Um, and I, I have a mentorship. And so, uh, you know, whoever out there is got some creative skill and they want to, they, they, they feel like they're stuck trying to figure out how to actually make enough money without having to give more of their time that they don't already have. And they feel like, you know, years keep going by and the book isn't written. The screenplay isn't written. The, the photography project isn't done like whatever it is. That's, that's what I want to help people with. Cause that's my whole story. I, I'm 20 years into learning all the different ways to generate revenue through creative services. I'm 20 years into building an online audience and I've learned a lot of stuff the hard way. And so I just want to help younger solopreneurs, entrepreneurs learn all the stuff I learned without having to take 20 years to do it. That's, that's my main focus right now. So um, I'm assuming we can go to tripcrosby.com to find make more better. Or where, what's the link? We'll, we'll link it in the show notes so you don't have to write this down if you're listening. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link. Um, it's not 
a link that you can see in my current website menu. But if you do to go to tripcrosby.com slash mentorship. Tripcrosby.com slash mentorship. And well, again, if you're listening, we're going to link this. So just go to the show notes um, and, and, and it will be there. It will be there for you. So that's how I'm helping individuals. And then uh, the second thing that I'm focusing on is helping teams. And uh, I speak a lot on all these kinds of things that we've talked about and also uh, lead workshops. So I've got a two to three hour version of my keynote where we actually start taking steps um, that help teams actually know how to be more innovative together, Mm. how to be more experimental. And I built the workshop just from being at other people's events as an MC or whatever, even speaking and hearing these high level CEOs talk about how they're going to be a more innovative company and they want people to bring more ideas and think of their role as something that they can innovate inside of. And that's awesome. That's a great charge. But what I know is most people don't even know how to do that. Most people don't know how to do anything more than just sort of show up, get their work done, sit in a bunch of meetings and then go home. That's the workshop. Man. um, Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to check you out. I want to know more. I want to work awesome. more directly with with Trip. And I know that we've recruited some other uh, some other clients uh, to your programs because this again, man, this coaching session workshop you added so much value in such little time. And uh, I'm inspired by you, man. I, I love Thanks. that you. I love that you um, are are focused in the season of your life. And in light of all the things that you could do with all the talent God gave you, um, you're focused. And and lastly, let me just say thanks for for uh, wearing your faith on your sleeve and being a light and speaking truth in, um, in a world where it'd be really easy with your, your gifting to go, you know, the complete opposite direction. So well, um, I'm you. a fan, man, huge, huge, huge fan of yours. Any, any, so any words you want to kind of just leave us with any, any other words of wisdom? I will say, I will leave with the thing that I'm trying to uh, remember myself every day. And that is that, this is going to sound so corny, but the phrase that I live by in my mind every day is that real is magic. And what I mean by that is that our reality, the present moment, the, the real present moment that we live in is all we have. And all of the, all that we want out of life can be found there. Despite all of the circumstances that we can't control. It's all right there in the present. And the sooner you can grasp that, the sooner you can stop living out of anxieties about the future and regrets from the past. Those don't matter. They aren't real. They're gone or they haven't happened. The only thing that's real is right now. So like, that's why I'm diving in right now. That's why you're diving in right now. This is, this is all we got. Um, uh, You know, the sun might explode in an hour. We don't know. Like, this is what we got. Let's do it. Let's put our whole heart in. Real is magic. The final wisdom brick on the trip Crosby wisdom castle via the montgomery company's podcast brother thank you for being on you're you're a treat this was just a a blessing and a gift a gift to me and you're a gift to a whole bunch of people so thanks for being you thanks man this has been another episode of the montgomery company's podcast i'm your host jordan montgomery want to say thanks also to john choate and james roth of storyline multimedia for all of the work that they do behind the scenes to make this episode go If you enjoy listening to this show, if you're somebody who tunes in once in a while to our podcast, we'd love it if you'd officially subscribe so that we could move our mission of impact forward. This podcast is designed 
to help the leader go farther faster. We hope we've done that today. Be well, be great. Have a wonderful day.